We got a big show for you today, folks. AOC funneled cash to a Chinese foreign agent. Yes, that's right. She's not just an idiot. She's a useful idiot. We're going to get into all that and more, plus the return of the history break. But first, I want to remind you to sign up. It is your time to go and sign up for the POSO Daily Brief. Go to humanevents.com slash POSO. That's humanevents.com slash POSO and sign up for the POSO Daily Brief. Read what I read when I do show prep every day. Don't worry about scrolling endlessly on social media all day long. Get one email completely for free directly to your inbox. The POSO Daily Brief, humanevents.com. Let's get into it. But I also think that globally, um, you know, this question kind of comes up in other forms as well. When people say, well, what about China and what about India? We have the ability to include carbon goals in our trade practices. And we don't. And that was one of the reasons why I actually voted against um, the, the trade agreement last year, because there wasn't a single real climate piece um, that would help us decarbonize and bring uh, and bring international partners and other nations. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is February 2nd, Anno Domine 2023. Today is Groundhog's Day, by the way. And yes, I would like to report to all of you that Chris Christie this morning did see his shadow, which means that there will be six more weeks of Philly cheesesteaks. But we got to get into the news, folks. We got to get into the news. So what is going on today? From the post-millennial, a story of our favorite congresswoman, your favorite and mine, Alex Stein's favorite congresswoman by far, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it has now been reported, has funneled cash to a Chinese foreign agent when she was doing this for campaign ads. I go to the article. During her bid for re-election in 2022, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez paid for advertising in a newspaper registered as a Chinese foreign agent. It's been revealed that during her bid for re-election, she was doing this, the Department of Justice deemed Tsingtao Newspapers, the U.S. subsidiary of Hong Kong-based Tsingtao News Corporation, to be pro-Beijing and forced it to register as a foreign agent in August of 2021. AOC's campaign shelled out thousands of dollars for advertisements in the Chinese language newspaper, which publishes in New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. The decision to work with Xingtao was made long after the DOJ had classified it as a foreign agent. In fact, fellow members of the Democrat House Caucus Kevin Mullen and Grace Mung also paid thousands and thousands of dollars to display ads in the paper, as did another conservative member of the House Republican Caucus, Rep. Nicole Malatakis. This is not the first time that AOC was featured in the newspaper. Prior to its designation as a foreign agent, the paper covered a 2020 foreign language media roundtable in which she had taken part in. Hmm. So you're applauding a newspaper of an authoritarian regime that attacked peaceful protesters in Hong Kong. So what is Sing Tao? Sing Tao, which op- operates the oldest Chinese language n- newspaper in Hong Kong, stated that it's privately owned and not connected to the Chinese Communist Party. However, investigations, and as we've covered on the show numerous times, 
they've targeted the newspapers in Hong Kong. The Hong Kong news, the South China Morning Post, uh, they've gone and locked up the uh, the leader, the publisher of Apple Daily. They've gone after they've gone after Mark Simon. They've essentially kicked him out of Hong Kong, the guy who was the editor of Apple Daily. They will do anything they can to shut down pro-freedom and pro-democracy. Anything critical, anything just critical of the Chinese Communist Party or certainly anything critical. By the way, they were locking up booksellers, people who own bookstores that ran books critical of Xi Jinping. They were disappearing people and they would later be found north of Hong Kong in Shenzhen. They'd be let go after they had been corrected, after they had been made to understand the new normal, that the Chinese Communist Party is now in charge in Hong Kong. This is also why Singtown newspaper was sold in 2021 and the new majority stake was purchased by the daughter of a wealthy mainland China property developer with more than half of the content that they push in the United States bought from a company based in Shenzhen that China called Star Production Limited. You need to understand this, that the, and I think I've described this numerous times, and I don't think it really needs much more explanation here for our audience. For If you're a longtime Human Events Daily listener, you understand this. Every major publication, every major corporation, every company, every uh, billionaire, millionaire, et cetera, all the way up to Jack Ma himself, the founder of Alibaba, your livelihood, your career, it's all predicated on your fealty to the Chinese Communist Party. If you step out of line, if you do something they don't like, if you say something they don't like, if you try to establish banks or personal finance the way that Jack Ma did, you will be taken out. They will arrest you in front of the whole world. They will disappear you. They don't care. They're a mafia. This is exactly how they operate. And so when you look at AOC here, what's she doing? What is this newspaper? She's paying money from her campaign to this newspaper, which operates as a propaganda arm for the United Front Work Center. The United Front Work Center specifically is the organ of the Chinese Communist Party that with thousands and thousands of employees, staffers, agents, Xi Jinping specifically targeted the United Front Work Company to uh, increase its footprint, not only within China, but also external to China, focusing on the Chinese diaspora outside. What do they focus on? Promoting narratives that are positive to Beijing. Promoting narratives like, for example, that Hong Kong has always been part of China. Hong Kong should be part of China. Hong Kong should be part of Beijing. What's next? Taiwan. By the way, since 2019, thanks to COVID, by the way, another Chinese Communist Party miracle, that we don't even talk about Hong Kong anymore. It's on anyone's lips. Remember, the freedom fighters were calling for peace, were calling for freedom, were calling for some kind of autonomy. They didn't want to lose their rights. They didn't want to lose their freedoms. But guess what? They were gobbled up by the dragon while everybody sat inside during the lockdowns of COVID-19. And they were gone. And you know what's going to be next? It's going to be Taiwan. So to AOC, Chairman Xi Jinping salutes you 10 points for House Cortez. You know, a lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way work woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. 
and less than one year, Public Square has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, Public Square is your guide. There's also an interactive, sensor-free community group where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely free to join. Just go to publicsquare.com. That's publicsq.com and download the app today. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Look, we can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today, publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. We begin with the shooting death of a New Jersey councilwoman. Police say Eunice Jumfor was found in her car. CBS News' Christine Sloan is live near the victim's home in Sayreville with more on all of this. Christine. Mary, the murder of the councilwoman has shaken this community. Investigators say she was found dead inside her SUV, shot several times. Neighbors tell me her SUV rolled down a roadway here in this complex, crashing into these two vehicles next to me. And as you said, right now, the search is on for her killer. Absolutely horrific, total nightmare here this morning in northern New Jersey, just outside of South Amboy, very close to New York City. Um, this is North Jersey, close to the harbor, et cetera, et cetera, where a young woman, a young mother, Eunice Jumfor, 30 years old, a conservative, elected as a Republican, shot and killed in her home. 12 bullets were told casings and bullet holes found in her white Nissan SUV. It looks though she was shot and killed outside of her home. She was driving home. Initial reports are sketchy, as initial reports always are, that someone was seen potentially with a mask running into an SUV. That SUV was then, um, was then seen driving at a high rate of speed onto the Garden State Parkway, which is just outside the La Mer apartment complex, uh, the Camelot at La Mer com apartment complex there around 7.22 p.m. was when the first 911 call was made. So this is not late at night. This is uh, just after sunset there in the New Jersey area in northern New Jersey. And this is horrific. But what's even crazier to me is that you can go on Twitter, you can go on the mainstream media, you can go on everything. And for some reason, you will not see this story covered hardly anywhere. Now, we know this is a murder. We don't yet know whether this was an assassination. And when I make the distinction is, an assassination is done for political purposes. Uh, this, this young woman, this young mother was a, a local borough councilwoman, so she could be involved with development. She could be involved with a number of votes that are going on. Um, it was said that one of the things that we came up with in show prep, our producer saw that her election was seen as an upset. It was a surprise win back in 2021. It looks like there's been a rash of development in that area in in recent years, though it doesn't seem it doesn't seem that her, that she, by any account, seemed uh, malicious or anything like that. Quite far from it. That one of the only uh, pieces of information that really seems to be out there about her is that she was a loving mother, daughter of 12 years old, and that she was very heavily involved in her church, which was a, a Nigerian Christian church, and that she had traveled back and forth from Nigeria. And so, of course, you know, you can't can't speculate this early into these things, other than to say 
it, it, it's possible this was targeted. And that's something the police are investigating. It's possible this was political. It's possible it was also interpersonal, of course. But there is another possibility. And that possibility, quite sadly, is that it wasn't targeted. There's a possibility that this could have just been another incident of random violence where someone, in this case, a notable, prominent community figure was targeted and killed. Maybe a carjacking that went wrong. Someone from another area came in, saw a nice SUV, saw someone who looked like she had money, and wanted to take it from her. Goes wrong, she gets shot, he hightails it out of there. We don't know. Again, we don't know if that's what happened. But my point is, is that we've come a long way in this country from the days of when city of New York, which this happened just outside of, used to have 2,000 homicides per year. 2,000 homicides per year. They got that down tenfold in the 90s under, under Mayor Giuliani. And we talked about that on our, our Singapore episode, our flogging episode, as Compact Magazine is talking about it in their response to myself and, and Matt Walsh from Daily Wire when we were talking about all of this, where we pointed out that you need to take a hard stand when it comes to crime, particularly violent crime. We also said that you need to punish crimes like the turnstile jumpers, like graffiti artists, like people breaking windows. You need to go after all of these things because that is how you send a message that you care about your community. Carjacking. When you go into states where these woke legislatures, these prison reformers, whatever they want to call it, and they're letting, there's no cash bail. You're taking hardened criminals, violent criminals, and letting them right back out on the street. You're telling them that essentially there is no punishment for your crime. That you can commit these crimes with impunity. That you can go on to continue committing these crimes. Continue your wave of violence. And good people. People like this mother. People like so many others that we don't hear about every day. Because all they become are statistics. They glance the newspaper pages for a day, 24 hours, and then nobody ever follows up on it again. Why? Because they're replaced by a new one in the morning and another one after that and another one after that. And my point is, ladies and gentlemen, that we don't have to live this way. You know, I wrote a piece that I had adapted for something I'd written on Twitter a couple of years ago that was published in humanevents.com about what happened to my hometown of Norristown, which is about, uh, you know, eight to 10 miles outside of Philadelphia, depending how you count, you know, right down the river, right down the Schuylkill from Philadelphia. And we had a great neighborhood. We had a great community. And it was destroyed by crime and allowing criminals to come in. And the town got worse and worse. And finally, my parents got us out. And I'm, I'm going to bring my brother on. We'll do an episode about it, telling those, those true stories. But people need to understand, it doesn't have to be this way. So thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy. And they have big news. Patriot Mobile is now offering service with all three major networks. That means if you are with the big three and you like the service, 
but you hate their values, you can now access them with Patriot Mobile. It's a very special offer. It's a performance guarantee. If you are not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile's America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, 2023, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Stop giving money to people who hate you. Patriot Mobile's 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash POSO or give them a call. You get free activation today with promo code POSO. That's patriotmobile.com slash POSO. In December of 1942, when he gave the order not a single step back, he was making sure that there was absolutely no choice for Soviet soldiers. They either fought to the death or they would be killed themselves. Stalin's order keeps many soldiers from deserting. Yet despite Stalin's best efforts, on August 23rd, after a month of fighting, Hitler's army reaches the city of Stalingrad. The Germans start the attack with a massive air raid. Over 1,000 tons of incendiary bombs are dropped on Stalingrad. The results are devastating. The city is reduced to rubble and enveloped in flames. The city was literally burning for days afterwards. A pall of smoke that rose up into the air. All of the city streets were covered with rubble. Death and destruction engulf Stalingrad. 40,000 Russians are killed in the first day of bombing. Over half a million panicked civilians are caught in the burning city. Two million people wiped off the face of the earth in one battle, a six-month battle between the forces of Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia, the Axis and Allies, the most pivotal battle of the Eastern Front of World War II, the bloodiest battle in all of recorded history. Stalingrad. 80 years ago today, the German Sixth Army, Field Marshal Frederick Paulus, surrendered. It would mark the very first time that a German field army anywhere in World War II had surrendered. This conflagration, and it did start indeed with strategic bombing by the Luftwaffe came in, destroyed the entire city. But the Soviet army did not have the tank advantage that the Nazi army had at the time, the Wehrmacht. And so what did they do? They utilized the burnt out buildings, the rubble to their advantage. And they just kept sending wave after wave of soldiers into Stalingrad for six months. Because for the, the Soviets, they understood something called geography. Stalingrad sits at a key nexus of the Volgograd Gap. This is, if you just look at a map of Russia, even a map of Russia today, this is the exact point 
which connects central Russia with the Caucasus. It's also a strategic point in between the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea. And the two rivers which connect to both the Don River uh, to the west and the Volga to the east. The Volga, of course, runs also all the way to Moscow, sort of like the Mississippi River uh, of importance to Russia. The Caucasus, of course, the connection to the vast oil and petroleum resources, rare earth elements, uh, industrial centers of the Don Basin. And of course, even today, when we hear about the Don Basin or the portmanteau of Don Basin, Don Bass. So when you hear Don Bass, that's the English, um, the English phrase meaning the Don River Basin. So this is that exact same region that they were fighting over 80 years ago that is still being fought over today. It is existential for Russia to control this area. And that's why, and the Germans understood this. This is their weak spot because if they can cut Russia off from their main rivers, if they can cut them off, they already don't have good port access for Murmansk or, or St. Petersburg or uh, the Black Sea in general out of Sevastopol, that if you can cut them off from their sea access, then they become a land power and they can't project. So what do you do? You hit their weak spot. That's why you saw the Germans do that both times in both world wars. The German Eastern Front tried to take out this area. And in World War II, 80 years ago today, which, and there's, there's so many great movies about this. Um, Jean-Jacques Arnaud made the film The Enemy at the Gates. Uh, Jude Law, Ed Harris, it's a, it depicts a sniper duel between um, Soviet sniper Vasily Zaitsev and a, a German sniper. This, of course, Jean-Jacques Arnaud, um, this was the first movie that he made after seven years in Tibet, which was uh, probably the only film that you'll ever see Hollywood make um, that actually depicted the Chinese Communist Party as the villain, as the antagonist of the film, where Brad Pitt, of course, goes to, uh, to Tibet and, and befriends the young, the young Dalai Lama. We haven't done the history breaks in a while. We used to do them daily, but we're doing a big one today. Big history break because this is significant, that when the same region is threatened, when the same region is targeted, we in the West, particularly Americans, don't learn much about the Eastern Front. We don't pay attention to it. We don't, uh, you know, we think that World War II is um, Pearl Harbor and then D-Day and the Holocaust. And that's kind of it. You know, Band of Brothers is there. Obviously, the, um, you know, then the Pacific Theater, the island hopping, um, Midway, Iwo Jima, the atomic bombs, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Okay. But you're missing a huge part of the war. One of the biggest parts of the war, if you don't understand the Eastern Front. My wife, Tanya Tay, my family back in Poland, they lived through this. They smelled it. Tanya's grandmother is still alive, my children's great-grandmother. And we have, the last time we were there, we, um, we sat down and chatted about it for a while. And I don't speak Belarusian, but we recorded everything. And, and Tanya was able to translate some of it. And we have that, even though she's in her 90s now, we have this huge like two hour recording of her just telling the stories and one of the things she said she was about nine ten when this all happened 
every blade of grass was covered in blood for years. The starvation, the atrocity, the aggressiveness of the fighting, when you've got starving people on both sides fighting for survival, fighting against a war of annihilation, they will do things that you would not believe that any human was capable of. And so when I look at the news today, I ask, why do we want to reopen this? Why would you ever want to reopen the Eastern Front of World War II? We need peace. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.